Hey, I'm Jeff, and I have the honor of being your online campus pastor. If you're new, I'm so excited you joined us. Welcome to Sandals Church Online. We have services here each weekend, as well as tons of content throughout the week that help you grow in your faith. I wanna let you know a little bit about who we are and what our time is gonna look like. At every Sandals Church online service, you'll have an opportunity to experience worship, chat online with people from all over the world, as well as get into community and an opportunity to grow with others. Not only that, you will hear a message that will be sure to help you in your life no matter what you are going through. We are one church, in many locations, with local campuses in California, house churches that we call Sano Church Anywhere locations. These are these are located in many U.S. cities, uh, states, and other countries. We also have our online campus with viewers like you that are all across the globe. To get the best experience out of our service and Sandals Church, make sure you download our Sandals Church app. That's the best way for you to be in the know and connect with us daily. During our weekend services, you can connect through chat, comment below, or sign in and make an account if that option is available for you. We are also on all major social media platforms, and we would love for you to follow us throughout the week to find content and connection 24-7. Here at Sandals Church, we believe in this idea of being real. Real with ourselves, God, and others. It's a vision for adults, but, but it's also a vision for kids and youth. Now, if you have kids and youth, we believe that they are not just the future, but also those we believe are worth pouring into today. If you're a parent, you can help your kids go to kids.sandalschurch.tv. If you have teens, that teenager can go to move.sc youth, and all of our youth content and services are right there. Hey, thanks so much for being here and checking us out. This is Sandals Church Online. Now, let's sing some songs as we worship together. How many know that your praise is a weapon? When you praise God, demons flee. Come on. Back. 
Hey, thanks so much for singing with us. If you just joined us, my name is Jeff and you have decided to hang out at Sandals Church online today. I wanna let you know about two things that are coming up real soon. Next weekend, we will all be sharing in communion together. Our lead pastor, Matt Brown, will be leading us through a communion experience together. Make sure next week to have something to drink and something to eat so that we all can receive communion together. <laughs> also, I, I don't know if you know this, but the majority of people who watch online or have joined at Sandals Church anywhere are people that were invited. They were invited to watch online or they were invited to, to come to that Sandals Church Anywhere location. As Christians who follow Jesus, we are supposed to make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. We can't make disciples unless we ask people to join us just like Jesus did. Well, with that, I want, I want you to know that we have an exciting new series starting on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of September. Part of this series is going to be around the Enneagram, which is a self-discovery tool. But at Sandals Church, we don't do self-discovery for self-discovery's sake. We do it for relational well-being in order to fulfill the great commandment to love others as we love ourselves. So this is what I want you to do. Invite someone to church. Invite someone to watch online. Invite someone to that Sandals Church Anywhere location you got going on right there. And maybe this might be a time for you to start a watch party. Come on, everybody likes a party. If you're someone who watches alone, by yourself, with yourself, or maybe with your family, invite someone to your home and have a party while we start this new series that's all about helping people to know about themselves. It's a series called You. And I'm telling you, friends, you don't want to miss it. And I'm telling you, your friends won't want to miss it. I mean, come on, come on, do you, want, do you want to keep this all to yourself? Come on, that's stingy, that's not you, that's not you. Invite a friend. You have two weeks to find someone or, or, or maybe two people to come to the series and watch with you or send them a link because I'm telling you, you are not going to want to regret it. Well, today, bringing our message for our Win in Rome series is our Palm Avenue pastor, Pastor Fredo Ramos. What is good, Sandals Church? It is an honor to be with you today as we finally bring a close to our series, When in Rome. You guys, we are finally done with the book of Romans. Yes. Clap it up for yourself. We have been in this series for 36 weeks. That's a long, long time. We started this series in the, be the beginning of January, and here we are through August, finally bringing a completion to this book, the famous book that everyone probably most preached on book that Paul has ever written, right? And in this conversation that we've had as a church over the last several weeks, we have talked about everything under the sun, it feels like, from God's righteousness, his wrath, his, his love and justice, uh, our sin, our need for grace, um, our sexuality, politics, how to love our neighbors the way Jesus loves them, how not to judge people, um, how to become people of honor, in a, in a world and culture of dishonor, I mean, everything has been talked about in this series. There was one sermon, y'all, where I'm pretty sure I said the word circumcision like more than 10 times. 
and we're all still here. You're still here, so that's good. And thank you, Pastor Matt, for giving me that passage to, to talk on, because you can only go up from here, right? And we'll leave that joke right there before we continue, honestly. <laughs> but listen, Romans 16, the end of it. He ends, surprisingly, with a greeting, a greeting and a blessing. That's how he ends. Now, some of you in here today are probably thinking, like, what, what does that mean for me? What does that even matter to, to greet someone? But I would imagine that for a lot of us, we've been in scenarios. Remember, you've been in a room. Someone walked in who's very important to you. Uh, maybe they're your boss. You admire them. And for whatever reason, they ignored you. They didn't greet you. They didn't welcome you. They probably left you curious, like, man, did I do something wrong? Am I in trouble? Am I going to get fired if that was my boss? We know what it's like to be ignored. In fact, it's one of the greatest human fears. Right? Some of us would love to be loved. Some of us would love to be hated more than just being ignored. Right? You can do anything to me, just don't ignore me, is the concern for a lot of us. And when you think about it, man, imagine just for a second, like you go a whole day or week where no one welcomes you, no one says hello, no one greets you, no one even acknowledges you. Over time, that would start to do something to your soul. As humans, we were made to be greeted by one another. And when you think about it, one of the things that we share in common on the day that we were all born in that chaotic delivery room, watching the, the miracle of life happen as we came into the world, you know the first thing that happened to every single one of us? We were greeted by someone. You were greeted. Someone hugged you, someone kissed you, welcomed you into the world. They named you in that moment. You see, to be human is to be greeted. And not only that, there's a blessing in this chapter as well, as Paul closes the book of Romans. There's a blessing. And I think there is something for us to consider as well, too, because we all know what it's like to have words and really the power of other people's words over our lives affect us and shape us, don't we? I mean, even me as a, as a grown 35-year-old, I'll be in the backyard shooting hoops and I'm still doing moves and like shooting in ways. I mean, I get sweaty. I'm super intense. I'm not getting ready for the NBA playoffs or anything. But I'll be doing moves out there because I can still hear my coach's voice echoing in my mind about what I can't do. The power of words have an ability to, to impact our lives and, and set us on a trajectory, which is why Romans 16 is so needed for today. Because if we're going to follow Jesus in this culture, we need to understand the role that we play when it comes to the power of our words. And so let's read together and listen to the final words that Paul says. Starting there in verse one, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Sencria. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever matter she may require your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. Give my greetings to Prissa and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. And not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinatus, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews and fellow prisoners. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet Ampelatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus. Greet our co-worker in Christ and my dear friend Stachys. What a name. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. 
Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus, who are all in the Lord. Greet Tryphenea and Tryphosa, who have worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and also his mother and mine too. Greet Asyncritus, Philagon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and all the brothers and sisters who are with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nerus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints who are with them too. Listen now. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Some of you are like, yes, more of that, Pastor. <laughs> Paul says, and all the churches of Christ send you greetings. This is God's word. Let's pray together. Father, would you speak to us now as we are gathered? God, we know that you are with us too. And so would you speak? And in speaking, God, would you open up our minds and our hearts to receive the word that you have for us, that we might understand what it means to greet and to bless. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, as you can pick up, man, the word greeting was mentioned a lot in this passage. In fact, there's 29 different people that Paul greets and instructs others to greet. In fact, there's more people mentioned than there are verses in this entire chapter. And of the 29 people mentioned, listen now, nine of them are women. That's a great word for us today. Because this needs to be said, especially in, in the current climate we live in, the, one of the big stains on the American church is the way that we have historically treated women in the church. Whether it came to their position, their role, the way we listen to them, support them, are led by them. And so the fact that Romans 16, out of the 29 people, mentions nine women, we have a lot to learn as a church. And I want to say this, as a pastor who occasionally gets to do this and speak to you, I am proud and grateful to be serving alongside and led by women. We need to receive this word. If we will be a church that models the life of Jesus, we'll have to continue to do this well, friends. But not only are there women mentioned here, there are Jews and Gentiles. Notice what he says there. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church. Now, Phoebe was a wealthy woman who actually physically brought the letter of Romans to the church in Rome. It's incredible. Paul was in Corinth writing. She delivered it. And Paul is saying, listen, she was a benefactor. In other words, she financially supported all of our work, blessed her, served her, welcomed her in. But then not only that, there's Gentiles mentioned in Jews. It says, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. It's amazing. Different ethnicities, all welcomed and instructed to greet. It even says, I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you. Here's, here's what I love so much about this right here. Tertius, it's a strange name. There's a lot of strange names. My God, I got through that list. It's crazy, right? But Tertius, the word actually means third. Third. Who would name a kid third? It's most often the case that Tertius was born into a slave family. And they even have the dignity of getting a human name. They got a number. A number that identified their order of birth. Because they were essentially going to be given over to a life of just utility. You're useful. You're a human that's useful. You're a slave. And it's amazing that Tertius was probably trained to be a scribe. So he's actually penning Paul's letter. Can you imagine the pressure? Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit, like, Tertius has got to get this right. But he has been writing this entire letter as Paul is speaking. And at one point, 
a man like Tertius who has spent his whole life saying other people's words, Paul finally gives him a chance and says, Tertius, use your own words. Say something, brother. Greet the church. And then later it says, Erastus, later on in the passage, Erastus, the city treasurer, our brother Cordus, greet you. Now you can go to Corinth. This is what's amazing. You can go to Corinth right now and see some ancient sites where the name Erastus, city treasurer, is still named on there, etched in. That's incredible. Now you gotta have some clout. You gotta be well known to have your name on a wall still standing today in the city of Corinth. And what this is giving a picture of is not just random names who are greeted, but this is a picture of the church, men and women, Jew and Gentile, slave free, rich, poor, all of them are dignified. And that is why greetings matter. Why are greetings so important? Greetings matter because people matter. And the first thing we need to see is this. When we greet others, listen, we dignify them. We dignify people when we take a moment to greet them and acknowledge them as a human being. We dignify them. In fact, everyone's probably favorite verse from this passage, Romans 16, 16, greet one another with a holy kiss, right? Now in the West, we may not take that passage literally, but we do take it seriously. Because to despite, you know, some of you guys being bummed out, the emphasis is not on kiss here. The emphasis is on holy. In other words, the greeting should be an affectionate one, an intimate one, an honest one in which you welcome someone in. That's what the word means. To greet someone is to receive them with joy, to welcome them in, to acknowledge them as a human, and to treat them with equality. With equality. Do we do this, church? Is this something that could be said about Sandals Church right now? That we are as a community, as we are building on an authentic, real life with God and others and ourselves, that we are a people that dignify one another. Can this be said of us? Because the trap for today, especially for a lot of Christians, there's, there's, there's two traps I kind of see right now. The first trap is rather than greeting people, we would rather label people. Because when I label you, I no longer have to try to understand you. And so I'll just label you. You're on the left, you're on the right, you're woke, you're a Marxist, you're this, you're that, right? We have all of these labels that just make it easier for us to no longer have to greet one another. Even for Christians, to label someone, it just makes it easier because I don't longer have to try to understand who you are, what your story is, where you come from. I can just label you, dismiss you, and move on with my day. That's a trap for many of us. The other one though is this, maybe it's not a labeling issue. The other one I also just see in our world today is this, we're, many of us, we're just too exhausted to greet people. Like if we're being honest here, the, the way that the world turns and the way that we move at the pace we do with the lives we live, we're just too socially exhausted to slow down for people. All right, there'll be moments in Target where I'll have a thought, should I just avoid that person? <laughs> Yo, I'm the pastor. And I'm thinking like, oh, I don't know if I got it in me right now. I'm just, I'm looking for a shirt and mayonnaise, right? Not Miracle Whip. Yo, I grew up eating Miracle Whip. I had no idea that it was real mayonnaise until I got married. That was one of my first fights with Ashley. It's such a random story. We'll move on. But what, what I see is that we're just too exhausted to slow down for people today. We don't have the capacity anymore to greet people. And so whether it's the trap of, man, I'll just label you instead of greet you. 
and feel good about my religious position doing that. Or I'll just avoid you because I, I just don't have it in me right now to greet someone. But this is why greetings are so important. You guys, we get to dignify someone. And in a moment when you are face to face, whether it's for 10 seconds or, or 10 minutes, you get to look at someone and say to them, hello, how are you? And in so doing, you communicate, man, you matter to me. You matter to everyone else here. And ultimately, you matter to the God who made you. There is so much for us as we think about what it means to greet people. Sandals Church, if we're going to move forward in this world, this needs to become a quality that we embody as a church. By the grace of God, with all of the rich theology of Romans, if it doesn't end with you and I welcoming people, shame on us. Shame on us. But we can become this kind of person. And here's what happens. Here's the beauty of what happens, I think, when we greet people. First thing is this. Greetings help us to invite others in rather than push them out. You see, as I was reading this passage, um, I thought to myself, how is it that both Jews and Gentiles, rich, poor, men and women, free and slave, all come to know Jesus? Like, how is it that Tertius, a slave, is mentioned in the same sentence of Herod's great-grandson? Or Erastus, the city treasurer? I would imagine that they all came to Jesus because it started with what? A simple greeting. It started with a simple greeting. If you're wondering what's the magical way into God's family, it's through greetings, saying hello. That's the strategy here, right? And so when we greet, it helps us to begin the process to invite him in rather than push people away. It begins to form us into an invitational kind of people. Now, some of you might know where I'm kind of going with this, and it'll make you a little nervous because here he goes. He's talking about sharing my faith or like evangelism and like, in our 2021, that just feels weird to talk about evangelism, right? Because we honestly think we're doing people a favor by not talking about Jesus with them. But there is something wonderful and simple in the way that we turn ourselves to greet people that creates an opportunity to also invite them in. You know, one of my favorite stories of this is from John chapter 1, the very beginning of John's gospel. It's the, it's the setting where Jesus is taking his time to personally invite people to follow him. And he says this there in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. But Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. In other words, Philip is saying, yo, the, the one in our Bibles, the one in the Old Testament, we found him. Like, I know where he's at. Notice how it goes. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. We, we found him. It's Jesus. It's the son of Joseph. Now, notice Nathaniel's response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I love Philip's response to that. Come and see, Philip answered. Come and see. You see, the beauty of this exchange is that, like many of you, uh, like all of us, right, when we try to share our faith, Occasionally, someone hits us with a question we don't know how to answer. Someone hits us with a, a concern, a doubt. Maybe they had a bad experience at church, right? They just hit us with an objection that stuns us. We don't know what to say. This happens to all of us. It's natural. And it happened to Philip. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Notice, Philip doesn't have an answer. <laughs> 
nor does he dismiss the objection of the person. He just continues with this attitude of invitation. Three simple words, come and see. Let's find out together. Nathaniel, that's a great question. Let's discover Jesus together. There, in other words, there's a relational dynamic at work here in our invitation, where you are going with somebody as they begin to discover who Jesus might be in their life too. And it all starts with a greeting, a simple greeting, a simple, simple greeting. And I know this, this still feels so hard, I think, for some of us. And, and I think we need to think of it like this. In, inviting others is, is ultimately about joining God where he is already at work. Right? And what I mean by that is sometimes when we think about sharing our faith, it's, we feel, though, as if like, there's this obligation from God that we have to like, speak about him. And so I have to take God where God isn't already. Or I got to take God where God is needed. Rather than understanding that God is inviting us to join him in the work that he is already doing in their life. That is the work of sharing our faith. That is the call to evangelize. That is the call to greet people, to realize that God is already at work. He is already at work doing something incredible, you guys, incredible. In fact, as Paul ends this chapter, he closes with a benediction in which he uses this phrase. According to the command of the eternal God, to advance the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. In other words, Paul's saying is like, man, there's this grand vision he has as he's blessing the church, saying, by the strength of God, by God's ability through the gospel, Paul sees all Gentiles are gonna to come to faith. In other words, he's got a big grand vision for evangelism. Everyone is going to come to faith. They're coming. Do we have that same kind of attitude when we greet people? Or, or do we feel as though like, man, so for so whatever reason, I got to bring God into the situation, right? Or I, I got to be like a, a defense attorney for God. Or I, I got to really like be a good marketer for him. Right? We have, I think, in our lives such a twisted view of evangelism and sharing our faith and inviting others in where we can be so right, so nervous and, and miss the whole boat. I remember this happened to me a number of years ago. I was coming out of a grocery store with Ashley and um, it was late, it's a long day of work. I'm loading up waters into the back of the car, and I get surprised in the dark by a Mormon. They just, you know, poke up, dressed nice, and he's ready to share. You know, he's a nice elder man, hands me a pamphlet. We start talking about Jesus, and I just, I just snap. I just go off on him, I'm just correcting him, correcting him. You don't know this. I don't know. I got the right Jesus. Like, the whole exchange was terrible. And it was amazing that, man, in that moment, you can feel so right and at the same time be terribly wrong about the attitude and heart of Jesus. There was nothing in my response and argument with him that communicated God loves this person and would invite him in. Nothing. Absolutely nothing about it. And now I might not at all agree with the message of cults like Mormonism. I might even agree with the method, right? I don't know if handing a piece of paper is necessarily going to change someone, but I am deeply convicted by their ability to invite other people in. It is amazing to me that their ability and their passion behind invitation. We, we have got to remember that God is already at work. Think, think of Luke 19. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. We act as if Jesus has stopped doing that job and left it all on us. 
And, and I don't think it's so much that Jesus has stopped pursuing the lost, but we have stopped joining him in the pursuit of the lost. We treat it as if, as if it's like our burden and we have to do this. No, it's about joining God where he is already at work. And even the, 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 the term lost, you guys think about this, to be lost implies that you are searching for a home. Why is it that Christians today use the term lost as like a word of condemnation or to categorize someone? Jesus used it as a word of compassion. He's pursuing people who need him. And the invitation is not to fill a burden that I got to talk about my faith, but I get to join God in the work that he is already doing and to see where God is already at work behind the scenes, doing things I can't possibly understand. I remember this happened just a number of months ago, right before the pandemic hit. So year and a half now, man, it's been some time. I was having this conversation with someone at a church and they were sharing with me how they just longed for this particular person that they know to come to church. Their relationship was being deeply strained by this person's decision-making. They were hurt by this person, but they, they really longed for them to just to come with them and to consider faith in Jesus. And I remember praying with this person, just asking that God would move, that there would be a chance to, to have a conversation, and then the, the pandemic hit. And I'm sure like many of you guys, you, you, you can think of a situation like this. And so you have this whole period of time go by where you're like, man, I wonder what's going on with that, because we weren't able to gather in the way that we hoped to. But what amazed me is that when we were able to return to worship, this person that we prayed for showed up, showed up. And I remember thinking as they were walking along the patio to come into church, I felt like as if God was just saying to me, Alfredo, where were you when I was at work in this person's life? Truth is, I was at home behind a screen in a Zoom meeting wearing basketball shorts, right? Like many of you guys. And, and while God was at, at work in this individual's heart to just soften it enough to bring them to the gathered worship experience on a weekend, I was probably at home binge-watching Tiger King, right? like many of you guys at that time. But God was at work because he has never stopped pursuing the lost. And, and to greet people affords us the opportunity to invite them in, to be those kinds of people as well. And so I want, I want to ask you guys, is, could it be said of you that you are a person of invitation? For as long as you have been here at Sandals Church, can you think, maybe number on your hand, the, the amount of people that you have, have invited to join you at church? How many is it? And I know for so many of us, there's that awkward feeling of, man, what, what's it going to feel like? If I just stumble through this conversation, just know the only way to get good at sharing your faith is doing it bad all the time. <laughs> it's the only way we get better at it. But that, that, that worry and concern of, man, this is going to be so weird, so awkward. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. But you know, a feeling that could only be more awkward than that is the feeling of that person who you did not invite come on their own and sit by themselves. What is more difficult to stomach? You not being able to open your mouth and greet or them being all by themselves in church with zero invitation from you. What's harder, church? What's harder? You see, by the grace of God, we can be much better. We can be known as a, a community and as a church of invitation that welcomes people in. The three simple words from Philip to Nathaniel, 
Come and see. Come and see. The second thing, though, that I think a greeting affords us the ability to do is to bless. Greetings create an opportunity to bless others. Now, that's a word, if you've been in Christian circles long enough, you know it gets tossed around all the time. It gets abused. We say it all the time, and we have very little understanding of what we mean by it. And that's because it's an ancient word. It's an old, old word. And it's actually one of the first words we see God give to his people. In Genesis chapter one, after God is done creating everything, the universe, people, it's all done before man and woman ever step out to work or ever step out before sin enters the world. Do you know what they receive first from God? A blessing. They receive a blessing. It says there in Genesis one, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Imagine that, that for the first experience of the human race, it was to receive a blessing from God. In other words, you can think of it like this. Life really is the pursuit of blessedness, of blessing. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, what we are ultimately after is to find ourselves in the, the constant flow and stream of blessing. And that's how the Bible says the universe began. That's how the human story began. It began with a blessing from God. God blessed them and set them out. You see, to define it, it's simply like this. A blessing is just a life-giving word spoken over someone. That's what a blessing is. It is when you and I speak to one another, we have the ability, we have the power to create something out of nothing with our words. In the same way that we image God who created everything out of nothing, he gives us that ability as well. In a smaller kind of scale, through the power of our words to create something out of nothing. The Proverbs knows this. Proverbs 18 says it like this. Maybe you're familiar with it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, what Solomon is saying is when you speak over someone, you have the ability within the power of language and relationship to build them up or tear them down, to bring life or death. It's there, it's there. Which is why even as a parent right now, uh, with Ashley, man, like we are trying our best, imperfectly so, to, to become more aware of the words that we use with our kids. And so there'll be moments when I am working incredibly hard to provide just a great ordinary life, but they're just whining. I mean, this day is going great. And I just, they're whining, whining and whining. And I'm just thinking to myself, you are, you're a whiner. Well, of course they are. I've just called them that. They are only living up to the expectations that I have set for them with the power of my words. So parents, let's, let's hear this real clearly. Our children, in large part, become the people we say they are by our words. Or they spend the rest of their life trying to disprove what you've said about them their whole life. It's amazing to me, as you, if you read biographies of celebrities or famous artists, people who have made it, that in so many of their cases, even through all of their success, one of the things that drives them to do what they do is disproving the words they have heard their parents say their entire life. Isn't that amazing? Words have the power to give life, our words. And a greeting creates a window in for us to bless someone. The opposite can also be true though too. 
As James says in James 3, with the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Think about that. We bless God and curse people who are made in his image. Blessings and cursings, James says, come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Now, now here's what we have to reckon with. There is no neutral ground when it comes to our speech. In other words, from the Bible's perspective, when you and I speak, it's either a blessing or a cursing. That's it. Those are the options. And the unfortunate place that so many of us find ourselves in right now is that we know how to curse really well. Now, sure, like you don't cuss, but you know you curse. You curse. We do this. It's in us. And if a blessing is a life-giving word, then a cursing, think about it, a cursing is a life-taking word spoken over someone. And a cursing creates and leads to wounds. Some of you right now, you're still walking with a limp because of a wound that came from a word spoken over you. And, And it's led to a kind of belief in a lie that's enslaved you. A lot of our lives are defined by this. And that belief in a lie has not just led to entrapment, but there's also a now a, a kind of pattern, a destructive pattern in life because we've been cursed. And now maybe it's not like Pirates of the Caribbean. There's a doll and a candle and a chant, right? But there was a generational statement that has been passed down from your parents and their parents and their parents, and it has never been broken. This is the state of the human race, you guys. So much of our problems today can be rooted in the way that we have abused and cursed people for generations, for generations. Some of you right now listening and watching, you can maybe understand that the addictions you're in right now are in part, not in whole, but in part because of the way that you have been spoken to. I mean, maybe right now, like what what you're dealing with, what you're concerned with, what's making you anxious in your seat is because you can feel this deep in your soul. And for years, you've been carrying words. You've been carrying words. Words that are inescapable. Whether it's like me, affected, I can't shoot on the hoop outside. Or it's you at the workplace. It's you in relationship after relationship. It's you unable to make a commitment. It's you unable to tell the truth. It's it's you unable just to follow through. Whatever it is, at the root of that is a cursing that has gripped you because of words that were spoken over you. And maybe for others, it's, it's, it's more of just, man, the last year and a half has done a number on you. Like you might still look okay, but you're not okay. And you can't remember the last time that you actually blessed somebody with your words. And we know people like this. Like, you're around there for five minutes, and you're like, man, you must just curse the world. You don't like anybody. Is there anyone you trust? Is there anyone you like? This time has done a number on you. But man, what, what if we had, by the grace of God, an opportunity to elevate a greeting to a blessing? So maybe for the first time, break generational curses because we receive a blessing. A blessing. As we close, I want us to think about that. How is it that we become the kind of person who can bless others? And the answer, I think, is pretty simple. Blessing comes from me because God is living in me. 
It comes from me because God is living in me. When you think about the life of Jesus, you can sum it up as a blessed life. Even if you're just like a casual, nonchalant, like you're not following Jesus, like you would probably come to the conclusion that Jesus was a blessing to be around. So you've heard. And it's true. As you read through the Gospels, man, everywhere where Jesus saw the damage of the curse of sin, he brought blessing. He brought blessing. He brought wholeness. He brought restoration. In fact, there's times where he even rebukes his disciples because they're keeping kids from coming to sit with Jesus. And the gospel writer says, so that Jesus could bless the children. He was a blessing. In his most famous teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, you guys, he says, he himself says to bless those who what? Curse you. Bless those who curse you. Jesus' life was a blessing. And to sum it all up, Jesus' life becomes then an offering for those who are cursed. That's what Paul later says in Galatians 3. Follow along. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Because it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. The purpose was that the blessing now of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. The good news of Christianity is that God just doesn't love blessed people. No, God loves cursed people so much so that he blesses them in order to make them a blessing to the world. This is no secret. This has been the story from the very beginning. God loves to bless wretched, messed up, broken people through his son, Jesus. This is good news for us, Santa's Church. This is the only news that we have left, honestly. This is what we have. His life for ours. Our guilt for his forgiveness. Our shame for his glory. Our death for his life. Our poverty for his riches. Our lies for his truth. This is what it means that he, the only blessed one, became a curse so that those living under the curse might receive the blessing, might be changed. Our lives can be hidden in him. This is the invitation that we have to become a blessing, to have the word of God spoken over you that you are loved by him, forgiven by him. You see, what is sin if it's not you and I trying to receive the blessed life apart from the one who can only give the blessed life. That is how so many of us can define our poor actions, is that we are after the blessing apart from the only one in the universe who can actually bless people, which is why when we say God bless you, we are invoking the only one who can actually bless anyone. May God bless you means that may the only one in the universe who can bless, bless you. May he bless you, because I can't do it and you can't do it on your own, and your sinful life has been wrapped up in you trying to create your own stream of blessing apart from the blesser, the one who made you to be blessed by him. This is the invitation to be changed and become a different people, Santa's Church. Notice the ending of Luke's gospel. Everyone's got kind of a favorite ending to the gospels. I know for some it's Matthew 28, great commission, go and do it. I love Luke 24. After Jesus has risen, spent many days with his disciples and friends. He goes on a hill, and before he ascends to heaven, look what he does. Luke writes this. Jesus, he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, his disciples, 
And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. He blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. And after worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God. You guys, imagine that's your final scene of Jesus. He's, he's just on the little elevator, ascending, and his hands are extended, and he's blessing. He's blessing. He's blessing his people. You and I no longer have to try to earn God's blessing, but we can live from it. For the Christian, life is no longer defined by trying to pursue the blessing, but living from the blessing already. So much of my just small, just just all my weird stuff about me that just make Fredo Fredo is because I have such a small view of God's blessing on my life. Paul says in Ephesians 1 that God, through his grace, has poured out every spiritual blessing on me through Jesus. In other words, I have all that I need. And so much of my just small approach to life is because I do not stand in the stream of blessing God already has for me. And that is our invitation right now, to receive it, to receive the blessing. Imagine if people in our communities started to say, man, I don't, I don't know all about Sandals Church. There's a lot of them. But they are a church of blessing. They are a church of blessing. They bless people. I don't get it. I don't always feel okay about it. But man, they bless people. They greet people. They invite people. We can become this kind of church, you guys. This could be us. And in the same way that Paul closed his time and this letter, his most famous letter, just by greeting the churches, I want to take some time and have us just greet all of our churches as well. I want to send a greeting and a blessing to all of Sandals Church. So we'll start. We send a greeting first to Sandals Church Espanol. Dios los bendigas, friends. That's all Spanish I know, so we stop in there. <laughs> Even that was bad. Sandals Church Anywhere, we see you, we greet you, we bless you. You've added just another four, a 14th location where people can call home. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sandals Church Anaheim, we see you, we greet you. Our Disney brothers and sisters, some of us need tickets, right? Sandals Church Azusa, we see you and bless you as you get ready to launch. Sandals Church Banny, we see you, we bless you, we greet you. Sandals Church East Valley, our brothers and sisters in Redlands, we, we see you, we bless you. Sandals Church Fresno, up north, we see you, Fresno, we greet you. Sandals Church Hunter Park, where so much of this started, we see you, we bless you. Sandals Church, Lake Arrowhead, our brothers and sisters in the mountains. We see you guys. We send greetings to you. Sandals Church, Menifee, the place where wine flows, I guess. We definitely see you and greet you. Sandals Church, Moreno Valley, we see you. We bless you. Sandals Church, Palm Avenue, my home. We see you. We greet you. And Sandals Church, San Bernardino, our brothers and sisters, we see you. We bless you. And of course, one of the first Sandals Church launches ever, Sandals Church Woodcrest. We see you and we greet you and we bless you. If you guys can just take a minute, I want you just to relax in your seat, to maybe even open up your hands, just to take inventory, notice your breathing. Just 
We do this as a way just to say we need to receive. Right? There's nothing weird in this, but just open your hands on your lap. I want to close as we bless, but just receive this blessing. Sandals Church, as we continue to pursue a real life with God, with ourselves and with others, may the Lord Jesus bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord Jesus turn his face toward you and give you peace. May you receive the goodness of God so that you might turn to someone and greet and bless them as well. Do this in us, Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. What a reminder that God blesses and wants to bless. 2020 and 2021 has been a crazy time for all of us. But I wanna take a moment right now and just recognize one group that we would like to bless today, those in education. Whether you're an administrator or you work at a school, an educator, a teacher, a student, I wanna take time right now to play a blessing over you. So if you are in education or if you work at a school, whatever it is, you're a student, I want you just to extend your hands and just lift them up right now, wherever you're at, and just receive this blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for these teachers, these principals, these professors, these administrators, dear God, these individuals who work at a school, Father, these students, Lord. Father, I cannot imagine what life has been like the last year and a half, either as a teacher or a student or someone who works at a school. But Father, in this moment right now, Father, we are praying a blessing over them. Individuals who have done their best to work hard, Father, maybe over a screen or some other crazy situation that's not normal for school. Father, we pray, Lord, a peace, a comfort, a strength to go on, even when they feel like they can't go on. Father, would you give them exactly what they need? Thank you, Lord, for them. In Jesus' name, amen. As we all sing this song, The Blessing, my prayer is that we would all, everyone, allow God to bless us during this time. Let these words, let the Lord bless you.
His favor be upon and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may His presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you He is with you He is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping and rejoicing He is for you 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 You know, Pastor Fredo talked about greeting each other and how we as people have lost this blessing of invitation. Many of us are wondering how we can take this message and actually apply it to our life. The best way to do that is to get into community where you can have greetings and blessings and words of encouragement spoken over you. How can you do that? by starting a community group. We say this a lot, but, but we really do mean it. You can't do life by yourself. And there are people you know that God is already at work with, and maybe God's next step in the process for them is for you to invite someone, to invite that person into community, or, or for you to invite someone to your Sandals Church anywhere location. People need to know God and know others. And we, a lot of times, are, are, are the ones who can start that relationship with them, with, between them and Jesus, with an invitation. To start a group, all you have to do is go to our Growth Path on the Sandals Church app, or you can go to sandalschurch.com slash growth path. In fact, one of the ways we, we live out community is through our Sandals Church Anywhere location. Maybe you've, maybe you've heard me talk about them before. These are individuals who have decided to go from watching the service by themselves to with others in their community. Listen to what our Sandal Church Anywhere San Diego host Safari had to say. Not only is Sandal Church so supportive on our Anywhere journey, answering any questions, encouraging us, praying for us, they also dig deeper into our family and pray for our family and ask us about our family. And I'm just so thankful for the all-around support with Anywhere Church and my family. We love to support Safari and other Sandals Church Anywhere hosts and Sandals Church Anywhere locations. Do, do you wanna know how we do this? We are able to support and resource this house community, this house church we call Sandals Church Anywhere, because you give. 
Those of you who give actually make this happen. When you give, you make community like this happen. Thank you so much as your pastor. Thank you so much for giving and helping to resource more Sandals Church anywhere all over the world. If you are not giving and you wanna be a part of what God is doing uh, in different cities and states and all across the world, all you have to do is go to give.se or you can give right on the Sandals Church app. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you received the blessing today, make sure you share it with somebody else. Speak life into others. Start a community group. Invite someone to church. Be a blessing. Have a great week.